Hey, 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 it's MMA and Beyond. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Thank you so much for the feedback, MMAandBeyond.com. Thanks for on it. I've been using on it, Ray. I'm trying to stay fit. I'm trying to 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 boost my immune system. Well, then there's no better product Buddy, than on it. Gut health. I'm gonna That's keep you like. guys posted. Gut I health. just bought the total human optimization Beautiful. today, and um, I'm gonna give it a whirl and see nice. uh, and, and see how it does. I'll keep on it posted, folks. If you use on it and you support our podcast and Side note, you want a 10% discount. Make sure you check out onit.com slash MMA Beyond or use promo code at checkout. It says coupon. Use put it type in MMA Beyond. You'll get a 10% discount. We'll get credit on it. will say, hey, thanks, guys. And uh, and that way we can keep everything going here. On it, of course, is is the health and fitness juggernaut dedicated to delivering total human optimization to its vast customer base of athletes, thinkers, fitness gurus, and entrepreneurs. Thanks again, onit.com. This show is also brought to you by all the work we do at Law MMA. And I want you to check something out. I want you to check something out. Wimp to Warriors. So this Wimp to Warriors is this grassroots program that started in Australia. It's making waves, of course, in the United States. There's almost 30 cities across multiple countries, actually, that are doing this. And, of course, it's coming to Law MMA. So this program puts participants, regardless of their experience in martial arts or fitness level, on a 22-week training schedule, which culminates in them competing in an amateur MMA fight. Super exciting, Ray. The transformative experience culminates with these men and women becoming stronger, healthier, and more confident. I can attest to that. Just the training I did. I went in to lose weight with Jenny. Jenny's like, hey, just hit and, and super patient. We would work together for a half hour, and I would be at least 20 of those minutes gasping for air while Jenny, you know, she'd say, let's rest your heart rate. You know, wow. she, she would very say stuff impressed. like that. I'm yeah, very impressed about that. She she would be like, "Let's rest your heart Man, rate." She didn't do that to me tonight, and no. I thought my heart was going to well, explode. Well, she doesn't do that to me anymore. Oh yeah, That's I thought now. my heart was going to explode tonight. Now you know? it's a race. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now now, wow. now when I don't seem tired, she she doesn't like it. She's like in her mind is like challenge accepted. <laughs> but along that journey, from just barely being able to hit with Jenny for for a few rounds to now when when uh, I'm able to do that and so much more. I agree with this, where you do feel stronger, healthier, more confident, and and I didn't, I wouldn't have considered myself a n- not confident fella, but there is a certain confidence that comes with feeling fit, not only thinking fit, but feeling fit and feeling healthy, and uh, and I really like this Wimp to Warriors program. I'm really glad it's at the gym. So UFC and Bellator fighters and top coaches at Law MMA will assist in the training of the Wimp to Warriors participants including leading classes, personal instruction, and mentoring on the nuances of training and fighting. More information at lawmma.com. They have tryouts. Connect with lawmma.com and and get your spot today. You'll get to work with UFC champs, the great Ray Longo, and, of course, everybody that's walking around that gym at any minute is just a gym full of champions and killers. So, uh, check out Wimp to Warriors program. Ray Longo, great fights last night, buddy. Unbelievable. I thought it was exciting. And uh, on the way over, I was talking to Shendi, and I think she uh, said something interesting. Nobody expected anything from this card, but wow, what a great card. What a great card with a lot of different aspects of uh, every type of MMA fight you want to see. 
And you mentioned our buddy Shendi. Shendi, who I see Hi. incessantly working at the gym, yeah. putting in that time, grueling, grinding time. There's a mindset that comes with that dedication. Really glad that you're here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and we'll get to Shendi's story in two seconds. After there's we a talk story. About the, oh, there's a, I think it's a phenomenal story. I'm blown away by it. I can't away by wait to story. hear it, man. But tell me about these fights. Yeah. So anyway, I think look, because I was on the I was on the road, so I I get invited to speak all different kinds of occasions. <laughs> Last night, I, I was invited to speak. Uh, uh, my friend John Edward is a psychic medium, crossing right. over with John Edward, and he um, invites me to be kind of the contrarian in his events. And so, uh, which is that's interesting, buddy. It's so cool because he's the only one I think that would ever do, do that. When I was doing my own podcast, just one-on-one interviews, I wouldn't, I would invite psychics on because I I don't want to challenge them. I want to talk about it. I don't want to fight anybody. I want to talk about ideas and, um, none of them would come on, but he would. And we would, we would see where we kind of use different language for the same thing. And we would see where we completely disagree and where he and might hold a, a thought that I don't agree with and I hold thoughts that he doesn't agree with. And at the end of the day, he's just another Long Islander and he goes home. That's what I was going to ask. He is a Long Islander. Yeah, he's from uh, – he, he actually has Port Washington uh, ties also. He used to work at St. Francis Hospital oh, well, cool. uh, in the medical field. And, um, and I, you know, he lives out in the island now. Nice, beautiful. Yeah, good dude. And so he invited me. Uh, so we had a room full of people in Atlantic City. And uh, and um, it was a lot of fun. Knocked it out of the park, Ray. And yeah, Dr. You're, being mo- you're being modest. Dr. You, you Sherry was there. Knocked it out of the park. And then, of course, the, the, the party, the partier that I am, as soon as it was over, I said, I'm going back I'm to Long getting Island. Getting the hell out of here. <laughs> getting the hell Listen, out of here. Listen, I wouldn't here. expect anything less than you <laughs> knocking the cover off the ball, buddy. Yeah, thanks, brother. And so I missed the fights. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to hearing uh, your experience of it. Uh, so let's just start off with a couple of things. Jake Ellenberger, obviously it didn't go his way, but that he's from Nebraska, so he got to fight in front of his uh, hometown, and uh, he hung up the gloves last night. Oh, yeah. And there's a real, man, I, I you know, Ellenberger, nice guy. I know Matt met his family a couple of times, told me his dad was great, but I think he's a, he's a great kid with a great family, and... I'm glad to see him get out now. Uh, like again, it's, uh, you know, I think they gave him a good fight to retire on. It didn't go his way, but uh, he was a guy I I had picked years ago to be a, a the next champion. I thought he was on his way. He was a juggernaut, and then uh, you know, the sport is weird, man. You get a couple of zigs when you should have zagged, yeah. and next thing you know, uh, you're hanging the gloves up. But best of luck to Jake Ellenberger again. I know Matt had told me he met his family. Said they were great people, so well, that's good enough for me. But it's yeah. cool. It's unfortunate that you don't get the win, but to be able to retire in front of your home crowd and and it looked and like they, he took it great too. You know, I think he had everything in perspective. I think he's got a family, so power to him. Good luck in all your future endeavors, brother. And uh, Justin Gaethje with his back against the wall. What a good dude, man. When he says he loves to fight, man, I believe this guy loves, <laughs> he loves to fight. To fight. Now he's making me a believer. I saw the highlight. What yeah. a punch. Yeah, and I think he was up against uh, – I had picked him to win. He made me some money, so I'm happy about that. But um, I didn't think he was going to do it that easy. You know, I mean, Vic is – I mean, 6'3 for uh, – 
you know, for 155 is huge. But he, you know, he, he was able to keep him on the outside for a short period of time. But I think the problem with Vic is he always ends up with his back against the cage. And, you know, when you have your back against the cage, you're not using your distance. And that guy sure. unloaded some big shots. And Gaethje likes to throw. And, man, did he – I mean, he face-planted. You know what I wow. mean? He, 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 he got him good. So, you know, I think it goes back to be careful what you ask for. Because, you know, Al was supposed to be in that fight. And then when Al, uh, you know, got injured, uh, Vic really made his case for to taking that fight. And hey, look, he took a shot. So I mean, it was well, that's good. the fight game. Yeah, that's, that's the, the fight, fight game. game. He did, and he did what he's supposed losses. to do. You know, right so again, him, huh? mindset for that. Only you, you know. I mean, he had his back to the wall, but you know, I think, you know, and and I, I, I would you know, wonder it, if he sees them like his. I would have to hear his his post fight interviews or maybe interviews he's done because. Just because the record says he lost, if if he's the type of guy who who goes in with the mindset of I want to give them a show, and he feels he successfully gave them a yeah. show even though he lost, his mindset he no, I think you're right. I don't, I don't think he had. Right. I think he wanted that, and I tell you, the the loss to Poirier and and Alvarez, they could have won either way. I mean, he was definitely in those fights, and you know. Uh, you know, he might only get better from this. I mean, he looked like he was a little smarter. He was a little more calculated. Uh, he wasn't rushing in. I think it was hard because the guy's so tall. But uh, I saw he measured him a little more than normal. So this could be, uh, you know, he's got, you know, more confidence now. And uh, I think that fight's going to do him a world of good. You, so going in, so does it seem like he was he was fighting reserved at all? Would, would you think that he... He gained some more confidence with this, or or did you not see any lack of confidence, even though he was coming off two? No, I saw no lack of confidence. No, that guy's. I think he's pretty squared away. You know, he was a D1 wrestler, I believe, so that always puts you in a good mindset. And this guy likes to throw. I mean, he really. I do believe he really enjoys fighting. You know, some guys say they like to fight, and I don't even believe it. You know what I mean? I think this guy, when he's saying it, uh, now I'm starting to believe it. I really, I like him. And you know, I had the opportunity to talk to him a little bit in Vegas, and he seems like a, like a real, just a great dude. He really does. Very humble, very respectful, and uh, I think I'm a big Justin Gaethje fan. Now. Wait, was he your pick on the Anna and Florian podcast? He was my Why? pick. Why did you just make some money? I just made. I'm going to Russia, Dude. rich. Are you kidding? Can you up? I'm going to Russia with some cash in my pocket. Anik, Anik can't wait to get on that show there. tomorrow. You got that show tomorrow. Wow. So, so he uh, this was uh, Gaethje was uh, Ally Quinta was supposed yes. to fight him, or they were speaking, not supposed to, but I they were they, speaking they about made, it. I I'm, I want to say they made the fight, and then something happened with Al, and that fight was off. But that would have been a great fight. That, that would have been, been that would have been. If you love to fight, yeah, Ally Quinta is a good right, guy to fight. You know. Because I think Justin, I, I don't think he's a shit talker, but when he was asking about opponents, I think he mentioned Al might be afraid to fight him. And even uh, who's the host of UFC tonight? He goes, well, I really doubt that. But, <laughs> I you know, highly that doubt guy's that. coming to fight, too. Um, but, you know, I think Al does, he does have a second career. I don't think Justin has anything lined up yet. So that, <laughs> right. might, that might pose a little bit of a problem. But. Yeah, well, and I think that, uh, shout out to Ally Quinta, who is actually. You're you're seeing more and more fighters. I don't know if it's it's because of Al or, or again maybe the confirmation bias where you're seeing more and more fighters set up that backup, set up that backup so they don't feel as held hostage by UFC contracts or 
some fighters just don't get fights. There's some fighters that, that are willing to fight, but there's too many fighters and seems like nobody really cares whether they fight or not. So they don't really get call the, a lot of the call. So it's good to see that, that there are more and more fighters taking that, taking that power and, and back. Listen, it's smart. Man. Yeah. You, need, you need a backup plan. You know what I mean? You really do. And, uh, you know, power to Al, man, he's got it going on. He's uh, still a young kid, you know, He's uh, owns a house. Uh, he's 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 doing great. You know, by all standards, he's doing great, and he does like the fight. So when he gets a good fight, he makes a good amount of money, and that's it. Man, I think it's a great thing. I heard rumors. Al rumors. Yeah, who likes rumors? I, and right now, when I say I, I heard a rumor, I listened to uh, UFC Uncensored with our friend Matt Sarah and Jim Norton. Wow, and, is that uh, where the rumor came from? No, no, but there was an episode they had, and, and other people listening to this show who also listened to that UFC Uncensored, there was a show about a month ago, and it seems like all Matt did during that show was sing I Heard a Rumor, but in his accent, so it was like, I heard a rumor. And and I've had that in my head ever since. So now every time I say I heard a rumor, I get Matt Sarah's oh, voice wow. singing "I heard a rumor." But Ally Quinta versus Kevin Lee, you, you know anything, buddy? Are they uh, talking I about think, it? Yeah, I think there's it's in the works. I don't think anything's close to being finalized. But I'd that like is to in see the works. And Kevin Lee's been crying about this fight uh, since Al beat him probably three or four years ago. He's been nonstop, always wanting that fight. So, and they seem to clash here and there on oh, Twitter. No, definitely. And that'll be it. That'll they, be they're a, really a clash of personalities for exactly. sure. Exactly. That's exactly. <laughs> I think that's going to be another fun fight. And if it happens, so we'll see what happens. Well, cheers to both of them. If it does happen, I hope it's very, uh, successful, lucrative for both of you. Um, and I'm always, always proud of the work that Ally Quinta puts in. We got Cyborg versus Nunez, UFC 232. That's a super fight finally coming down. What's your take on that, Ray? Man, that's a, what a great fight that is. I think, uh, man, I think Cyborg gets that done. I think she's just too big, and I think she's, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. Cyborg's a different animal, man, and uh, I think a great Talk fight. Talk about a fighter. She, yeah, she's, she's a yeah, fighter. She's a fighter. And that's going to be a good scrap, but I think uh, just the size advantage alone, I think uh, Cyborg's the bigger person, and she can fight in all areas. So, you know, I think that I'm, I'm picking Cyborg in that. I think Nunes is awesome, but there's a different animal. That's a great fight, though. Yeah. Shendi. Shendi. Yes. You're a woman. Talk about it. <laughs> oh, it's really exciting. Who do you Finally. like out of those two? I like Amanda Nunes better. I'm a bigger fan of her. Oh, nice. But, I mean, they're both different divisions, so I, c I guess I can be a fan of both of them. But I do take Chris Heiberg in the fight. She's bigger, and she's it's her weight division, you know? And she is. She's much stronger. She's very well-rounded, and I do think she's going to finish it. But. Yeah. I think, and she uh, she's shown some growth in some of those fights with uh, Holly Holm, and sure. you know, where you thought she was going to get maybe outboxed, and that's you not thought happening. she was one dimensional, and, yeah, and, definitely and not. Turns you out, know, yeah, right. Turns out it only gets worse. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. not. It, yeah, it only gets. It and, only and it's worse. good to see Cyborg finally get her due too. Yeah. I think she's been a a pioneer in the sport, and uh, you know, I I just I like seeing that because she she did a lot for the sport. Well, she she did a well, lot for, for the sport MMA. for women's MMA. She she kept it going. She wants to fight anyone. She with the with those UFC when they do the uh, 
um, what's the one they do right before the fights that, that w- fight week embedded right with the embedded you saw that she literally almost died trying to make weight for some of these fights and it, and it was it was publicized it was you're you're watching the pain that she's going through to be able to fight and uh, and then making it happen I mean for me I always admire that kind of dedication sometimes it's irresponsible sometimes it's silly but just from a performance standpoint I admire that dedication the people yeah. who will go through all of that and less than 24 hours later perform against another professional athlete at the top of your game yeah, she, that, she, that's she, some she, hero shit to me and she's huge that kid let me tell you I've been in a couple of weigh-ins and stuff she's all business and that's that's a big person who knows no how kidding. to fight. Yeah, no, no, kid, no question about it. That's going to be a great skill. Yeah, I just feel like a lot of their fans are actually the same because they're both from Brazil and they're both women. So I feel like they have a lot of the same kind of fans. So it's kind of going to like, you know, mix between the fans. Like who do they pick? Because people from Brazil go for Nunes and they go for Chris Ibrook. But now when they're actually fighting each other, it's like, What's, you know, who do they yeah. pick? And that's a rarity, and, yeah. and uh, I think that we, we don't see it as much in, in the U.S. where, you know, you'll call out another fighter. Uh, Kevin Lee will call out Ali Quinta or the other way around. But in Brazil, it's not yeah. as common for a Brazilian to call out another Brazilian. And so uh, to even have that as two champions collide that way is going to be But I'll tell you, back in the day, man, there were a lot of wars. Like, Henzo was always fighting. Uh, Henzo just signed another one. He's, he he's going to fight one? someone else. Who like, Henzo's fighting? never, oh talk about a fighter, he's never going to well, stop. He, uh, and he, who was the guy? I think he was always fighting, uh, oh, I'm going to get this wrong. Uh, I, that, the guy that was in the ring, uh, Ishmael Village. That, that's who I he's going to fight. Is he fighting for Liz? Yeah. Oh, man. That's oh. who he... He, he, him, he, he wanted him again, ago. and he wants him again. Oh, that's awesome. That's uh, actually yeah. awesome. <laughs> that's, 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 I funny, mean, those man. fights between the Gracies and the, at the times in the Brazilian were insanity. Well, they would have this open policy. Like, just like Henzo and them, they lived in a house where you just come to the house, and if you want to fight, you'll fight one of us. Yeah. And it would just happen. It would just be an open door, come fight us policy. Yeah, I'm saying that if Henzo was in a fight, I don't know which fight it was, in Brazil, where I don't think it was uh, Village or uh, Ishmael, whatever his name is, uh, but somebody hits the light box. They turn it, they knock out the lights in the arena. This is how crazy this shit gets. <laughs> and somebody stabbed Henzo through the octagon I fence. Heard that, that is a true story. Yeah. True story. What? Stabbed him through the fence. Yeah. And this and this that's what I'm saying. So the Brazilians, they all fight and know the Brazilians. This wasn't Brazil against wow. another country. <laughs> right, right. This, this is in this Brazil. is gang warfare. Was, yeah, at that yeah. at that point, there's gang warfare. Yeah, I'm saying it was the type of thing that even on the beach, you know, you had all those fights. You just see each other, and it's almost like being in high school against another high school, and you just start fighting. So, it it. I don't know. It's crazy. And, and the ref just asked him, "Are you okay?" So my my point my point is, I don't think there'll be a problem with the ref. The ref was it. like, "Come on, come on, come on!" No, it wasn't. It wasn't a. It wasn't yeah. a stab. Imagine that he got stabbed stabbed through the octagon. Insane. I mean, how nuts is That's that? That's brutal. That's like you can imagine that whole scene was. There was no order. There's no checking your yeah. seat number. <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you. There's another story. Uh, I'm going to let me go off the beaten path because I'm thinking yeah. of another story that I think people get a kick out of. Matt has to fight, and uh, he's fighting somebody in Japan. I want to say Yoel Oliveira, I think, uh, was the guy he was supposed to fight. And, you know, in Japan, they do those grand entrances with the flames coming around the thing. Sure. 
And Matt's in the ring waiting for the guy, and the guy goes to step through the ring and catches on fire. <laughs> the guy goes up in flames. They said it was like Mark Kerr, I think, what? started crying. Like, it was really bad. And they, you know, had it, obviously Matt didn't fight, but and I think the guy ended up being okay. But, yeah, the guy went up in flames. No, I heard, I listened to it when Matt said on his yeah, podcast. Did he, say, well, he stood on the firework display. They do a display right before you're about to walk out, and he literally stood where the firework kind of comes out of the floor. He stood on top of it, so he... Literally got fireworked up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. What? So he never got to fight in Japan. Yeah, I heard that story. <laughs> he showed up. Just a little tidbit for all the MMA and beyond <laughs> listeners. If you never heard that story before. Wow, I had wow, never heard that story. That? That's yeah, so the guy crazy. Went up on flames. It seems like there he got was too like fired a. Up, you know? yeah. oh, <laughs> right. There it is, Shendi. Shendi shows that up. British humor. The corny so, jokes. <laughs> I knew that Monty Python Shendi, would come you out you originally. What What led you to training? What led you? Uh, to come over, train at Law MMA? What what led you into MMA in general? I started in Israel. Um, I went to a, like a judo class. Krav Maga friend kept on telling me, like, you would really like this sport. And I did one class, and I kind of fell in love with it. But I didn't ever put on boxing gloves. It was just judo and Krav Maga. And then I came to America, like, a while, like almost two years ago. And I started out um, just kickboxing, and then I went to Thailand and I just started listening to UFC Unfiltered where I listened to Matt Serra always talk about jujitsu and Ray Longo. And then when I came back now to America after Thailand, I Googled, you know, I started Googling. What? And I Googled Sarah BJJ, but then I really wanted MMA and they don't have MMA classes there. So I saw in Garden City, Longo Law MMA, Longo Weidman, it has like a lot of names. Yeah. So I wasn't right. sure like, you know, I walked into the school and I thought, like, I was so scared. I thought everyone's going to, like, beat me up because I knew there was, like, UFC fighters there sure. and they train in the classes. It wasn't like, it wasn't right, like they no have specific, separate training. Right. They're in the wrestling you class. You were in the class. You could be on your first day yeah. and there's a UFC champion in that class. Exactly. And right. I'm going to have to wrestle with him. Like, <laughs> and I've never wrestled. I've done Muay Thai. I've fought Muay Thai, but I never wrestled. And I was so scared and they were just so, everyone was just so nice to me and they were like talking to me and I was like, oh my gosh, like I thought these people were going to kill me, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I stayed, you know? And so you're saying it's because of Matt Sarah. UFC unfiltered. UFC unfiltered led you to the gym. Yeah. So he's gonna. He probably love you. Talk to me about me again because he wants everybody to go to his gym. Right. Are you kidding? I don't even know. We, we might have to cut this out. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, he finds out he lost we'll business. Voice over. That'll be the last time my name's ever we'll mentioned voice on over that podcast. The Sarah didn't have MMA Unbelievable. classes. Unbelievable, Shandy. That's well, maybe crazy. now he'll actually make MMA classes at his school. Yeah. So yeah. let's go. Let's yeah. uh, let's get into your story because so, so you're in Israel. Yeah. You take a Krav Maga class. What, what's your life like in Israel at that time? How old are you at that time? Um, nineteen. Right, nineteen. Let me let me backtrack. So Go ahead. Maybe like three weeks ago, when Shendi's at the school, I I asked her the same question you did. How'd you get here? You know, how'd you find out about the school? Blah blah blah. Because she do? she stands out. Right. She stands out at the school because yeah. she she as soon as she walked in. Know exactly who she is. I know that she's a workhorse. She puts in the time. She's learning. She's coachable. She's these things. So you you notice the people who do stand out, right? And uh, for whatever reason, we started talking. And then I said, you know, you know where you're from, and you know how'd you do this, and that's where the story takes like a crazy turn. And I'm just sitting there going, what, what, what? Are you <laughs> kidding? I never heard that. What? You know, I go, you got to get on the podcast. And I think it might be just just so 
to inform people, but basically you said you were part of a cult, right? In England, yeah. Yeah, so just tell us about that. So it's a... A cult? It's, yeah, it's All an right. ultra-Orthodox Hasidic cult. Um, and it's very, it's set apart from everyone else. You know, there's like, there's many different types of Jews in the world. Sure. So there's like secular, there's modern Orthodox, there's religious. So I happen to be born into like an ultra Orthodox religious cult where they basically, we don't have any interaction to the outside world, to the mainstream people. We don't have TVs or internet or magazines or newspapers or anything. We go to our own schools and... We don't have, we don't know the outside world. This is our world. That's how I grew up. And until you, the age, this is what she's telling Please. me. I'm like, why? What are you like? What are you even talking? You see about? some of those compounds in like Pennsylvania sometimes, like the Hasidic compounds, where it, it sounds exactly like that. It's more Amish. Well, Amish also you see, but but where you see the Hasidic compounds almost seem like they're just like a, almost like a trailer park, but only that. And you, well, but I'm saying yeah. the Amish too. Though, you can go there and you could go to the Amish country. Well, they I'm saying. You weren't, there's no foreigners, there's no outsiders coming to where you were living, was there? No. 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 Wow. I mean, they, they, this was closed down. I mean, uh, we all lived in normal houses sure. and everything, and we, we walked to school, we walked to the grocery shop. We, but you walked you to know? your own school, not, yeah. the, not a school in England. No, like we had absolutely school. no, um, we had, we, we were just not connected to any normal wow. person besides people who look like us and talk like us and act like us, you know? It's like that I mean, you're not blown away by that. What is that? You guys what? see that movie, The Village? Sounds a lot like that. I heard that's really kind of like that. Is that is the Village up in some upstate New York somewhere? No, the 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 Village the by village, M Night Shyamalan. Yeah. M Night Shyamalan, yes. No, because there's another. That. Somebody told me there's another place upstate where that's like they that? killed a couple of state troopers that even tried uh, to get on the property. Oh wow! So so your day to day was was religion oriented or was yeah, it? Yeah. So we would like go to school. Um, in school, we would the main focus was Jewish studies and learning how to cook and learning how to sew because in this in the world we live in, that's what we have to do is like get married when we're pretty young to an arrange like an arranged marriage. Sure. And you know, cook and clean and sew. That's all women well, have hey, to one do. One good thing came out of it, Steve, because she baked me some <laughs> cookies oh the God. other day. Let me tell <laughs> you, were they amazing? They were amazing. She told me there was no sugar in them at all. I mean, I'm yeah. sold. Wait, what? I was actually thinking of sending her back to the cult just to see if she could get a couple of more dishes besides the cookies. <laughs> very, oh, very, of those. I'll, very, very I'll impressive. <laughs> so what, do you start at an early age thinking, oh, this isn't for me? Or? Since I was like, I think I was just, as I was telling Ray in the car on the way here, like, I think I was born different because... There was no way I wasn't exposed to anything that could have tipped me off that there is another world. Like huh. the only See, that, thing that's yes. what fascinates See, that's me is that's what I say. Like how where does that has to come from something? I don't know. Like where is that coming from? Like you 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 all you see is what you you know you everybody else is doing, but you want more. Like it's not even like, like you're living in Oklahoma right. and you want to go to the right. city to become an actor you know you know it something exists there people are studying that like there's nothing there like how do you that's what fascinated me about the story how do you make that break how do you decide I that? saw like one time I saw a billboard with like a bikini model on it and ever since then I was like I want to wear a bikini or like when the cleaning lady would come to the house in jeans she would have to change when she got in into uh, like a house coat like a long robe but 
when I saw her in jeans, I was like, I want to wear those. Like, always had since I'm very little. Huh. I'd always like pick up on these things. Um, you know? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like the sense that there's more or you want to participate in more. Did you know anyone else who felt the same way? No, only when I was like 12, 13, there was like one or two other girls in my class who were kind of like questioning and a again, little bit. Think you of, know? Just think of that, 12 or 13. Did you ever see some of the nudniks at the gym at 12 or 13? That, what are they thinking about? I mean, come on, this is crazy. <laughs> that to is me. crazy. Well, we don't have anything else to distract us. We don't have TV or books or anything. So you mainly just, you think a lot, you know? Yeah, of course. And so are the only books you were reading were... Our books. Like, like they were either in Yiddish, like not even in English, or just religious books, like, I don't know, written by Jewish authors about Jewish things, about right. the Shabbat, about the holidays, you know? In school, we did have to read, for the curriculum, we had to read one English book, but majority of the words were like blacked out in black marker, and any okay. picture was like covered in black paper, because if the girl wasn't wearing like a skirt till her knees or something, it wasn't like modest, so they would like cover it with like a black, like so that could actually thing. provoke you to maybe go, why is this black down? I would always or? try to peel it off yeah, every yeah. time. I tried to unscratch yeah, it if yeah, they yeah. use like white out. Yeah, I would try yeah. to unscratch it and see what it said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually said like love or like him and her in the same sentence. Right, so like right. that can't be, you know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So. And this so, is at 12 and 13. Yeah. So do you get any repercussion for this? Do, do, do Does a teacher or a parent see you, you know, this one seems like yeah, she I might got be a little trouble. bit of a rebel. Yeah, I got in trouble. Like, they told a lot of people in my class, like, don't talk to her because she's, like, going down. Like, she's – I was questioning. I had a lot of questions about the religion. I started, like, rolling up my skirt a little bit. You know, like, instead of 10 inches below my knee, it was, like, 6 or 5. I would like try to open up my top button on my blouse, try to like do a trendy hairstyle with what I knew, what I thought was trendy, which absolutely wasn't. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> not, but what you thought was trendy. Yeah. And so you, you kind of stretching your legs this way. Yeah. But what they would see as rebellion. Well, now they would probably wish I would have just done that. Even like clear nail polish was like crazy. And now it's like, it's not even relevant anymore, you know? Wow. Like, I'm, 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 like, again, I'm more, I'm blown away by everything, but even the age is killing me, uh, how she got out of there. And again, what, I don't know, just, I don't know, I'm just trying to put myself in the mind of a 12-year-old. So, so when's your first, aside from a book, aside from the cleaning lady or a, or a billboard, when's your first interaction with the internet? That was only after I left. I was like, I don't even, it was like when I opened up Facebook, I didn't even know what the internet was. Like, I didn't, I didn't know what, how it worked. I didn't, I just didn't know what it was. It just didn't exist. Like. It, it didn't exist, yeah. right, to you. It didn't like, exist. So I didn't know the thing about Google. If you want to know a question, you just have a question. You don't always get the answer. Like, I didn't know you can Google and it will actually tell you an answer. So how old are you when you make the decision, I got to get the heck out of here? I was almost 15 and a teacher of mine helped me and she got me a ticket. Wow. And but I wait, went, yeah. You, but Cindy, you, you're, you're 15, you've had these questions, you're, you're being a little rebellious and getting a little trouble for it. What's the transition from, at some point you have to be thinking at first, oh wait, am I just going through things and I need to get back in line or no, this isn't for me, I have to leave here. But when I leave here, I'm leaving everything I've ever known What's happening in there? What what what's that final thing that makes you say, "Let me go"? Just didn't. 
I didn't want to get married. Like they have arranged marriages for you when you're there. And um, when you were 15? <laughs> yeah, people get married when they're very young. So I saw my sister got married and she got married when she was 17. And like there's a lot of laws and different things when a woman's married. Like you don't get to meet, you get an arranged marriage. So like she met him for 20 minutes and then she didn't meet him until the wedding night. So I just didn't want that. She had to like shave her head because that's just part of their rules that they have to do. And I saw her with the shaved head one time and I actually screamed and I said, I can't do this. Like this is... So that's what... One yeah. of the things that Wait, your sister, you grow up with someone, suddenly yeah. she's marrying a stranger and she has to shave her head. But you don't really know that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're thinking that stranger is, this is normal. This is what like everybody this is what does. Everyone right? does that. This you don't get to does. choose who you yeah, get we to know marry. it now. Wow. We're, we're sitting here going, what the heck is going on, you know? Yeah, it's absolutely close, yeah. So, I mean, think about the decision you make. It's like, again, I, you're going to leave your family... Uh, I, man, it takes a lot of balls. It's I it's mean. incredible. I've been wondering, like, what that that was it was that a pivotal point for you? Your sister shaved head. Yeah, I was like kicked out of school, so like every day, for like stupid things, like wearing my hair up like a pony too high or something so stupid, and I was just like, I'm 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 done. Are your parents super frustrated with you at this point because you get kicked out of school and you seem to be the rebellious one in a small community like that? They're all talking about Yeah, how everyone was talking about me, and they were worried, like, the rest of the siblings won't get good arranged marriages because it all goes there. It doesn't matter Because you're ruining people. it? Yeah, like, it goes according to families, not according to the people oh, themselves. Wow. So it's got to do with the families are, like, have good descent, like, you oh, know, holy man. rabbis or something. So if you have one, like, messed up person in the family, it can ruin your chance to get, like, a normal marriage for the rest of your kids. So they were like... Your ponytail yeah. could impact. <laughs> right. Well, like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's. Yeah, I'm almost, I'm, yeah, go ahead, Stock, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you and I have a, I mean, obviously you left the cult, but I actually took a kid in um, who was in a similar what? situation and at the age of seven was suicidal because she knew she didn't belong. Yeah. Yeah, and I raised that child. It's amazing. <laughs> Wish I would have met you then. Thanks. Sorry, Doc Sherry. I was just making sure you oh, you no. were being yeah. heard. Yeah, and I mean to know at, at seven that that's not what you want, and and know that you need to get out. You feel like you're in a prison, but totally. but it's like your whole family. Like they're your family, but at the same time, but wait they, a second, the are they the is, wardens but, but, but of in, this prison? But the thing is, even in Sherry's situation, there what Sherry's not even in the ballpark of where she's at. No. Like you don't, there's no outside families. You ain't going. There's no, no. taking anybody no, in. That's what's like I'm saying, like who, who's who'd you take in? Mikhail. Mikhail, right? So there was at least an out that she could right, see. Exactly. There's no out for her. Right. You know but, what I'm but saying? But she was torn because the father, okay, you know was putting so much pressure on her, telling her she was going to go to hell, that she yeah. was never going to be a good That's person, so that she was... You heard yeah. that once or twice, I'm guessing? <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. you know, that she, yeah, that she was a sinner. I mean, well, I think your parent, I mean, your parents actually were right, because you're in hell right now. With this. <laughs> well, you're not really, because Rasigan, but if he was here, it would be a living hell, trust me. So, I'm fascinated by this, and so, all of these things, these culminations of... of from you getting, you're bringing your your family stock down to <laughs> oh to, to, <laughs> to to seeing your sister, who obviously you felt really close to. No, it's not. They don't really have close family in England. I feel like 
Americans are a lot more closer. Really? In England, people don't like hug as much. People are a lot colder. There's not like the same family warmth like I've seen in in anywhere in the world. Where did you think you were going when you were going to leave? I know I knew I was going to Israel because I thought like it's a Jewish country. I'm Jewish. Um, I'm just going to go and something you know I'll figure something out. You had been reading about Israel your whole life. No. 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 Actually, I was telling Ray also on the car that my family is. It's and they're anti-Israel because it's a very complicated thing. But there's a certain few Jews who are anti-Israel. So growing up, we weren't allowed to speak Hebrew, which is the language they speak there. And I didn't know anything about Israel. Like to us, that was like the forbidden land until the Messiah comes. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't I, know the country I, I, or anything or like people there, nothing because I wasn't allowed to. We didn't know anything. Like when the newspaper would come, the Jewish newspaper, and it would have like the Israeli section would always get torn out and thrown in the bin before we ever got hands on it. It's, yeah, it's I'm telling you, this is where I was at the gym. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I don't even know what I'm looking. I don't even know what I'm listening. <laughs> so you think you're gonna go to Israel and tell me about this teacher who helped you? So she, she was actually Israeli, and the fact that we were like getting friendly wasn't a good look. Also, brought right. down the stock, but. You know, it is where, what it is. Where do you value that stock? Like 20 cents at this point? I <laughs> mean, that point. stock went from like $10 yeah, yeah. to 20 all cents. The way down. Yeah, all the way down. I just bought that down. Yeah. But she actually told me she's moving to Israel. And I freaked out because she was like the only person really who was like helping me. So I decided I'm going to move there with her. I'll go and I'll figure it out from there. But when I actually arrived in Israel after she had already moved, um, she actually told me I can't live in her house because... She was having, I don't know, she just said it's not going to work out. And I'm like, well, I've just left everything I'm here, right? and I'm here. Like, what the hell am I supposed to do? You're 15. I was almost 15. I need to turn 15. So I like got through the airport like I'm a minor. So I managed to lie and convince people. I, I did some crazy shit to get like out and into the countries. But she put me up in this like house and this like with random people um, who would like take me in. But they just put all these rules back on me, and I'm like, I'm not doing that, you know? Like, right, I didn't leave, so, so I can yeah. have the same rules, but in a different place. It's, like, ridiculous. So I just left, and I just literally slept on the park bench, like, with my suitcase. I had it behind me on the bench, and literally that's where I was. I mean, at 15. Yeah, and I didn't know the country yeah. or anything, but... I mean, but talk about learning how to be wow. a survivor, yeah. Steve. This is that's incredible. But I didn't want to be, like, told what to I do, you, The you only know? thing missed like, on that park bench was a guy with a sign that said free advice. You could have used him. <laughs> wow, I mean, that, that guy Couldn't you have been, awesome. been on that park bench? <laughs> I could have been. Are you kidding? You could have said this. I have this yet book. to do it in Israel, it but now I'm going to be paying attention oh, for sure. Holy crap. I'm, like, again, I'm blown away by that. I know? can't believe... The age. I'm. I'm now with you. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. You. I. I'm telling you. I, I, it takes a lot for me to go. Like. I. I just can't even believe what I'm hearing. I almost want to say, listen, we haven't verified this story, <laughs> but I'm in total amazement. But you know, and this I tell you, what, you know what's funny, and then just I'm, we'll go back to that. But you know, I asked her to spar somebody because she said she had fights in Thailand, and I put her in with a with a pro fighter, right? You sparred Mizuki. And I, t I could tell, you know, we always say that that octagon doesn't it lie. It tells the truth. I, this was a tough kid. This was a tough kid. And I'm going to say Suzuki 
was technically better. Much but better. man, did she? I saw something in there. I go, wow, this kid is a survivor. There is absolutely. As soon as I saw her, yeah, I knew yeah. exactly. No question I've seen about her. it. I know what it looks and like. Then after she told me the story, you know, there was some people fighting at the gym at the Capitol. So I go, I'm giving you a ticket, you know, because I, I mean, I would do anything probably to help her out because I'm blown away by this story. I really am. And it's I, amazing. You know, it, it's nuts. So I gave her a general admission ticket. Then I'm bringing a guy into the fight see her in the first row i'm like this kid really is blessed she's blowing my mind how the hell did she get in the front row of the fight no i gave her a general admission ticket then i almost <laughs> felt bad i goes yeah look i got some people coming i have that whole front row locked up in my head but lou did take a couple of seats so she actually ended up with somebody who had the other seats and i'm like i got mikey ice is coming a couple other guys i'm like shin you might have to leave i feel bad but you know she goes no, no i'm with i'm with this guy you know what i mean she just <laughs> points to some random guy i'm like how the heck she's this shit she's is good. good she's yeah. good i mean this is this is probably nothing compared to she's like i'm impressed i'm impressed how she got from general admission to the front <laughs> row here's a kid that was 14 she got, she's in israel, she israel with no place to live she got through one of the most tough borders to get through yeah you know what i did i actually tagged along to this old couple and I made up as if they're my grandparents. And then I, everywhere I went through passport control, I kind of snuck along with them and put my passport there. And then actually when we arrived to Israel, I got a free ride on the cart that takes you from the, from the landing to the baggage, um, what's it called, the baggage pickup thing? Yeah. Baggage claim, so I got a ride on that like little truck that they drive in the airport, so it was really cool. <laughs> yeah. And then how do you end up in the US for the first time? The Wait. first time I was 16. Right. Also, oh, this is about a year later. So, are you on that bench for a year? No, then How does I that found go? a family who is American family living in Israel, and they offered to take me in in exchange for me being like a help. So I would clean and cook, and you know, I was okay. very good at that. So. Sure, you know, that, that's Americans what you had been trained just, yeah. to do. Yeah, They're so capitalistic sure. though. They couldn't They're just like, do it sure, child it. labor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. So I just kind of lived there for free in exchange for having like half a bedroom because I shared it with one of the kids. And yeah, I just, that's why actually I watched my first movie in my life. Someone gave me like a DVD player, like mm -hmm. very right. old fashioned. And they gave me the movie Twilight and it was my first movie oh, I ever watched. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And you, and you loved it. I, I loved it. I yeah. thought like I was a vampire but for I mean, like days. <laughs> you know I mean? Think of the excitement of that, of just now watching your first movie. I'm, I'm listening to this thinking all those things in between. Yeah, I mean. Uh, between getting the, the 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 cart that takes you from the airport to getting on the bench to the transition of meeting all these people in a in a in a country that you're trained to to not be connected to and this is actually going to be your transition to to a life of freedom that whole everything that's happening plus in her mind you, is you fascinating are, to me i mean i'm sure you have to learn i'm sure you are you to scared learn. are you yeah, excited right. I'm sure like, you had to learn how to read people because i'm going to tell you something even driving over here I'm like she really doesn't know me. I mean, she's getting in the car. I'm like, I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost bugging out. Like, I don't yeah. even, you know, I just want to make a, a comfortable. Like, I mean, how do you even? I mean, so you have to be able to read people a little bit because yeah. even as a 14 year old Steve going to live with somebody that you don't know in a foreign country. I mean, and in uh, places, the first one, place you go to where they're uh, setting rules on you. Oh, they were horrible. Right. I left looking, straight away. Like when I walked in, the first you. thing she did was she took a like a clip and she put it on my collar, and I'm like, 
Oh, game no. over. No. But imagine, imagine your kid telling you, know, "I'll be, I'm, I'm okay. I'm on a bench, but I'm gonna look for a family to live with." I mean, you'd be to work for it, right? You'd be panicked. I'd be panicked. Who, who is it? No, Who's I did family, get huh? like screwed yeah. over a lot. Like yeah, yeah, I did yeah. meet wrong people, found right. wrong everything. But you know, you sometimes you gotta learn the hard way. Right, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But I got paid. Some people paid me to like do laundry for them to fold. Yeah. I did not realize how minimum they were. They were paying me like probably like twenty cents an hour, yeah. and I was just doing it because I didn't know better. Right, you know. Wow. That's another thing. You have no perspective. Right, right, I mean, this what is what you is. have to think about. There is no <laughs> comparison to anything. It, it's uh, yeah. it's incredible to me. So, so this American family takes you in. You have half a bedroom. You get to do some chores around, but they they keep you sheltered and fed. And how does that? How do you get back? But, How but do you again, get to the and, and again, Shendi, at this point, though, this is unbelievable to you. This is freedom. This is it, yeah. Right? It was, you get it to was, see the outside yeah. world. You get movies. Your movies, now. TV, I still hadn't magazines. done so. Like I still was wearing skirts. I was still right. very scared. I was still right. observing the Sabbath. I was like very. I was still very scared. I was like not eating non-kosher or anything. But to me, this was already like I was wearing colorful clothing i was like wearing makeup i was wearing my hair down like there were so many things that to me it was like so free but i didn't realize how much there was still like to discover like i wore jeans for the first time when i was like after i left this family i went to the dorm where i met like a, some friends who i'm still friends with till today and i got my first pair of jeans which was the feeling to wear your first pair of jeans like i felt like i could you know, when you wear skirts your whole life, you legs, you kind of have to walk like this. Sure. Right, you wear, like, right, these right, fitted right. skirts. But when you wear jeans, you can actually, like, open your legs. You can open your legs while you walk. You can sit with your legs. You can walk with confidence. Yeah. Right. It was, like, it was crazy. It was, like... Man, you must have really felt good with your first pair of tie shorts. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been total freedom. So, so you go from there to the dorms. How, how does your journey continue from there? What's got your into next country? I a lot of trouble in Israel, and then I got forced by the court police, whatever, to get out of the country. Okay, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, hold on. What What did you do? I was doing a lot of drugs, and I met wrong people, and I was kicked out of every like dorm I would try to go to. So I was sleeping in like park tunnel slides and emergency rooms, and I don't remember how I got to hospital, but I woke up there, and then I ran away. From the hospital and the police I, it was just like just crazy it was like trouble yeah. a lot of trouble a lot of drama and then i had to go to court and they said you have four like a few weeks to just leave the country so i went to america to this school that i thought would be great in brooklyn but no like i just ended up it was an excellent school but i didn't really go to school one day I mainly just did drugs and, you know. So you're still doing you drugs in Brooklyn. You continued yeah. that pattern. So I came back. Like, I came back. Now I think it's back. But I, it was my first time in America and kind of figured out the system. You know, I'm quite adaptable and met some really good friends who I'm still friends with till today. But I was like, I was sober for maybe like 12 hours out of the entire three months that I was in America. Yeah. yeah wow. Oh, Wow. So you leave the U.S. after coming here. I kind of had to leave because my visa ended and I didn't realize I had accidentally overstayed by a day. And I got in a lot of trouble in America with the police and everything. Like, I don't remember half of it, but some people do remember. And I'm like, I can't even believe all that happened. So kind of had a bad record. And I went um, to renew my visa. I actually went to London and I went to renew my visa and they banned me. They said, you can't go back for 10 years. And I'm like, 
what I had left everything in America because I thought I was just gonna go and come back. So all I had right. with me was like a pair of jeans, a pair of like I didn't have a suitcase. Wait, wait, how old are we now? Sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah, <laughs> and then they like We're still sixteen. <laughs> So I'm banned from America, and I'm like... 16. Well, yeah. in at, at, at almost 15, no, she's countries. living in a cult. <laughs> at 16, she's somebody banned from America. Banned, like from America. From, like, Avenue U. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. That would be bad. You're banned from America. <laughs> right. I'm saying that, like, maybe now that wouldn't mean much to somebody, but, <laughs> right. I mean, as a 16-year-old kid... Right. You're banned Who a year from ago, America. you were living in a cult. Right. Now, at any given point in time, you're like... I got to get back to the cult. Yeah, uh, many times I wanted oh, many to. many times you walked. I was like, when I was in a lot of trouble, like held in, in these courtrooms and stuff, and I was in like with police, and I'm like, just go back, put on a long skirt, pre you know, oh, pretend wow. to do it. You'll oh, get really? a marriage, you'll get a house, you'll have money, you'll, you know, all you have to do is cook. So simple. Right. But no, like it when it actually came down to it, I'm like, no. Like, it wasn't worth it, you know? Oh, wow. But, Right, so we're, we're up to 16. So you're 16 and <laughs> yeah. banned from the U.S. Yeah, right. So you're back there. They tell you you're banned. You, so you don't really London. have anything with you. No, I had, I had nothing. I didn't have a suitcase. So I was in London. I didn't have any money either. I don't even know how I got from America to London. I have absolutely. I woke up on a plane and I had obviously taken something before I got on the plane or before I even got to the airport because I remember waking up on a plane and I had absolutely no idea. I asked the stewardess where we're going and she said, you're landing in London. And I arrive in London and I see this like Indian guy with a massive beard holding a sign saying my name. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And he took me to my friend's house. So obviously the school had arranged, they it, arranged it with right. a friend of mine who yeah. I had must have given it. It was just like unbelievable. But I went back to Israel. I'm like, I'm just going to give it a try, see if I can get into the country. You know, like they did ban me. They, they said I have to leave. They didn't say I can't come back. So I went and they just let me through the border. I told them I'm only staying for like a day just to like sort something out. But, you know, clearly I didn't. And I overstayed my visa there too, but in Israel they're more lenient. And I ended up getting a job there actually. And just, yeah, just working. I gave them fake, like they thought I was a lot older than I was, you right. know. And I found the job as a chef and it was really good paying and had a good time, you know. I was like, yeah, that was... I traveled to like Europe a few times because I was Israel is very close to these countries. Sure, you're making so money. I was like making money. I was living in like a group home, which was really nice. And yeah, I got into a lot of trouble again. But that's just life, you know. Like I thought that's how life's supposed to that's be. That's your pattern of behavior yeah, at the time. Sure. Like, you know. But that's how it was. Yeah. This got to be fascinating to you. No? I, I love this. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. this. This is this is you go from. It, this is the same pattern of, of somebody who who goes from poverty to hundreds of millions of dollars and right, they right, end right, up right. in that same kind of they file that cycles too much uh, too much at once and uh, and it's kind of like what happened with her with her freedom and her accessibility to the things that me growing up or most people growing up slowly you're indoctrinated to the warnings of certain lifestyles right, right, and stuff right. we're open to it so they warn us yeah. about it right exactly. where this this comes at you with no warning so even with like the drugs and the alcohol you would just oh this is normal 
and and for yeah. for us in elementary school right. they start yeah, with they you start. get McGruff the crime dog you get all the just say no's you have all these yeah. different things that start you from kindergarten on warning you of of the terrors that'll yeah, happen but they, they don't do teach that. you anything so right. when you come out you want to try everything you want to wear the craziest clothes like i don't even know what normal people dress like sure so i don't even know how to put makeup on or just nail polish anything it was just like a mess you know so i figured right. it all out Okay. So, yeah, so now you're you're a chef, you're traveling, <laughs> you're making some money, you have some friends, you're living in a group home, and 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 how does your journey? Continue? Then I got into trouble and I had to leave the country again. So I went to Canada, to Montreal, and all this time I'm trying to get back to America because I really really love New York. I don't know what it is about it. Something like because it's awesome. Just it is awesome. It, is. it just feels like a home. It's I don't awesome. know. It's just an 100%. amazing place. So I went to Montreal and I was hoping I would somehow get into America from there, maybe a school visa or something. I was staying by my principal from America's in-laws, actually. They just, like, took me in. They were really nice. It was freezing. It was, like, minus 26. It was, like... And what happened was I got to Canada, and I'd had a fake American passport of a friend of mine who I'd been using in Israel for ID to get into, like, bars and clubs, and they found it in my suitcase. Which is a no-no. So they assumed I'm trying to sneak in from Canada. Now I'm 17 already, and I'm put into questioning and the only I'm the only white girl in the room the only yeah, white person in the room yeah. Montreal yeah, yeah. They, they there was brutal. only like brutal. um Middle Eastern guys like there was no white they were all looking at me like what the hell What'd did she do? do like what are you doing <laughs> What'd you do? Right. <laughs> and they okay. interrogate me for four hours they opened up my emails they opened up everything oh, they are tough yeah man, man they, like, tough. they are tough <laughs> And then I was like, I'm telling you, there's someone downstairs waiting for me. Now, they thought it was ridiculous. How can, like, two people, you have no idea who they are, they're just going to be downstairs. I don't even know their name because I just relied on my principal because I rely on him. And sure. I'm like, I know he's going to, his parents-in-laws It'll are going to be there. Be there. Right. And they just thought it was absolutely ridiculous. Like, how can that be? So they were like, the policeman actually took me down and they said, if they're not there, you're going to be sent back to Israel, which I couldn't actually go back to Israel. So... Right. Like, where the hell am I going to go? Like, drop me midair, right. you know? Just, <laughs> just <midair. laughs> jump out of the plane. <laughs> but they were standing there, these two. I've never been so happy. To, they were actually religious Jews, and I've never been so happy to see religious <laughs> Jews. I was like, I started, like, hugging them and crying. And I'm like, they were like, what took you so long? It's been four hours. I'm like, I know, it's complicated. <laughs> but, yeah. Wow. Another wow. <laughs> yeah, I, another wow. Wow. This okay. is is incredible. So we're in Montreal yeah. now, Ray. Right. She's already seen more of the world than yeah, most people. Exactly. <laughs> it's more of the world than most people. So you're in Montreal. What happens in Montreal? I pretty much did nothing for like three months. I kind of found a little job in sewing with this lady, like I would assist her because I'm very good at that. And then I would actually worked as a cook in a school for kids, Jewish school, just cooking their meals for them, which was fun. And then I didn't get back to America, so I went back to Israel. Um, which was a stupid idea. So then I left again to South Africa because so I knew someone. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, because I knew someone else's in-laws who live in South Africa, so they hooked me up to go there. But it was a bad idea because when I left Israel, there was actually a war going on. The I know there's a war like a few years ago when the three boys were kidnapped. I don't know if like you keep up with the news, but there was like rockets going on and everything. Sure. So I was in like a bad place. I was on drugs and. When I got on the plane, I didn't realize that when you don't take drugs, you go through withdrawal. And I had no idea because I always had something. And I got on the plane, and we were on the way to Ethiopia. 
because we had a stop over there mm-hmm. and I'm the, again the only white person on the plane and I started having panic like a uh, withdrawal symptoms mm-hmm. on the plane and I started having a seizure start shaking and right. they didn't know what to do and they called there was no doctor on the plane there was some Ethiopian nurse who started like no one knew what to do with me and I the next thing I remember is being on the floor in Ethiopia with like a bunch of nurses over me the next thing I remember being in South Africa with like in a psychiatrist's office on the floor. I don't remember anything. It was just, it was just like craziness. <laughs> like, yeah. And then I ended up being in South Africa for a month and just pretty much, I don't remember really anything about that time. <laughs> like nothing. That's, and so from South Africa to where? And I went how? back. I went back to Israel. I don't even know, like, where did all this money come from for tickets? I have no idea. <laughs> like, I actually don't, I didn't have a bank account or like anything. But I don't know, people are just, people are just really, really nice. They, I feel like there's a few people who I've met along the way who really saw that, like, I will get through it and one day I will make it to somewhere. And they just helped me, like, unconditionally. There were some people like that and they've, like, it's, it's amazing, you know? You run into some good people. So you go from South Africa to, back to Israel. Israel. And then I just like said i have to get my life together and you know it took took a long time but kind so of what like 17 18 i was just turned i turned 18 i think in south africa oh, and then i went i went away for like i went to this like program for like over a year or something just to completely get sure like like a rehab d- yeah but it was it was a very terrible experience but it had to be done and i got out and try to have a normal I always wanted to be a businesswoman never wanted to be a fighter I always wanted to be a businesswoman I thought like it's always cool to wear like heels and to travel with like suitcases I don't know I've just like there's like an image that you see in movies like working girl yeah with like you know you do your hair every day and everything and so I actually found a job like that through telling my life story to different people when I was at the rehab they would come like different groups and I told it to like a college staff and they gave me like a free course and i did the course i didn't finish it but don't really finish anything but um yeah they found me a job in like tel aviv in like a really fancy building and i was the youngest person there by like 20 years wore like heels all made up you know started working i thought i was like the coolest person alive this is like living sure, the dream living and then i realized the dream is sitting behind a desk from like seven thirty to 5 every day like six days a week and i'm like oh my god like and I signed a contract for two years and I'm like after five months I can't do this so I just lied to them that I'm sick and I left like then I realized I can't do that so I went back to not knowing what to do and that's actually when I found the judo class it happened kind of like simultaneously and then then I decided to come oh how I got back into America I I applied in Israel for citizenship and I got a new passport so I went to the embassy with an Israeli passport instead of my British one. And they gave me on my on my Israeli passport. So basically, if I come to America now with my British passport, I can't get in. But my Israeli passport, I can. That's interesting. So, yeah. <laughs> That's actually the reason I kept on going back to Israel was because I knew eventually they would give me citizenship. And then I could get back to America. Well like played. <laughs> yeah, right? 
Who told who? How'd you figure that out? No, that, that, that was me. Oh, that was me. Well played. Yeah. So yeah. there you are, and, and and somewhere along the way, she's listening to UFC Unfiltered, yeah, no yeah. less. No, we're not up to that yet, I don't think, right? <laughs> well, how she, do we well, end she up just, in Thailand? Well, she just took a class. She's right. taking a class. Wait, Thailand? Yeah. I didn't know what MMA was. I didn't even know what MMA was. I'd taken a class, and then I came to New York, and I was training for a few months in um, in the city, in um, Tiger Showman in Chelsea. Sure. I was training there for a little bit. And then I decided one day, I'm like, had enough. I want to be a fighter. Like, I just want to do something it dramatic. Just, it felt good to you? So I'm like, I'm going to Thailand. So I booked a ticket. I went to Thailand. My friend came with me. A girl came with me for the first few weeks. And I didn't really know what I was doing there. Like, I didn't know what gyms to go to. I didn't know the whole, like, teams. I didn't know anything. I right. was just like, you know. And then kind of ran out of money, so went to Australia, and <laughs> this is. Go ahead. Yeah, I went You're to Australia, Australia, of course, because I'm British, so you my visa go, is right, good you for can that. Go to um, and somehow, miraculously, we we wound up at this Jewish family, who was, gave us a job, me and my friend. And then, we were working in Australia, and I was planning to come back to Thailand and train again. You know, made some money. And then a very close friend of mine committed suicide. So it, everything just like all the plans just went on like hold. And we're like, shit, like what do we do now? So my friend went back to America, but I, I didn't want to go back straight away because it's like too depressing, you know? Sure. So I went back to Thailand for a few weeks and trained. And then I got back to America and trained again, you know? And then went back to Thailand, trained for, you know, just. Wow. Yeah. But she's got like seven fights in Thailand. Nine. Nine, nine, nine fights. Nine fights, and now here you are training here, good old Long Island. Yeah. <laughs> close enough to the city, <laughs> far away enough from the city, yeah. and um, and you find your 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 home on this team. Yeah. You're feeling at home. You're feeling comfortable. Yeah, I was just telling Ray when I go back to Thailand in November, end of November, it's like it's gonna be really hard this time, you know, like. I kind of really want to stay, but I, I don't have the visa or anything. So I'm like, you know, it's a good alternative. It's, well, it seems like it is. And it seems like you're quite adaptable wherever you yeah. go. If, if you've learned anything, it's it's that adaptation. Probably being a good reader. And, and, and what are you picking up? What are you picking up at the gym? What, what do you what do you feel closest to as far as as whether it's people or the type of environment. I just feel like everyone wants to get better. Like everyone is like kind of like pushing each other. But this it's like a healthy competition level where it's not like I'm better than you. It's like I want to be you. It's more like admiration over like jealousy. If that makes oh, sense. Oh well, yeah, that's cool. You know. Yeah. I, well, we've talked about yeah. that an environment that that's nice. at the gym. That's that's healthy competition. That, that you you don't feel like you can slack off because you have the Jennies of the world or right, the Aljos right. like you you're watching them drill with the people who who don't have a fight who who right. may just be in good shape or bad shape might be in their first lesson or they've been doing it for twenty years it doesn't matter you're in there with 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 killers who who are trying to do their best you have the Marabs and the bazookas in there that are that are just doing so much work what yeah. a fascinating story yeah. have you have you ever you, you mentioned that, that one group of people, uh, the academics, really enjoyed hearing your story. Do you tell your story often? I did in Israel. I was living, I was in this, like, program, so that was the only exciting thing there. Was It was, like, right towards the end, after being there already almost a year, 
I was telling it to different groups. I was giving it to like principals of schools, um, to young girls who deal with like they help families whose kids have cancer. Like you know, different groups of people. I would like talk to them, like parents whose kids are on drugs. You know, those kind of people. Have you had any contact with with your family? No, no. I one time when I was eighteen, I when the war was happening right before in South Africa, I was really really had enough and i'm like i think i'm just gonna go back and i already had tattoos by then i'm like i'm just like that was kind of i didn't mind going back then because i knew deep down i have something on me that right. shows like you they were can't, out there yeah like right. you can't fully get me back because yeah, well, i have stock something is gonna go from 10 right that's it you come back that's <laughs> it. they're all if kicked out go any lower yeah. it was coming down again right that was like my thing like once i got my tattoo i felt like i could breathe i was like okay i'm good like you know, I have something proof on me that's like never gonna go away, you know? But I actually knew, I have a very good memory. So I knew my, remember everyone's number like off by heart. So I called up my mum and I said, I really wanna come back. And I'm crying on the phone and she's like, um, how much is it to South Africa? Cause I told her that's my other option. So I was like, it's 500 pounds to England and it's 1000 to South Africa. So she's like, I'll pay the extra like 5,000 to go to South Africa. And I'm like, that's when I realized like, they don't want it's me here. over. Like, if right. you're willing to pay for someone to not come somewhere, then you, you really like. Wow. So that was like, then it's it was kind of good because it really closed it. You know, you always have that like hope and dream, right. and then that was like the final door closed. Like, that's okay. It. Well, that's done. Yeah. So do you, do you not hear from them? Do you not? They don't have internet, so they don't know. Like, there's no communication. You know, like. My siblings are still probably all married or probably to idiots because of me, but you know. And and so wow, and so so you really branch off on your own, yeah. And 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 begin a journey. Uh, and how old are you now? I just turned twenty-two. A baby <laughs> still, Ray. Yeah. A baby yeah. still, man. Having experienced so much, well, we appreciate you sharing. Your yeah. story, Ray, you weren't kidding, man. I told you. I hope Steph can top this story. Do well, uh, you have I, anything I, to say? Because I'm, I'm speechless. No, I that we're, we're gonna, we can't, you no, can't be totally speechless yet because we still have questions to oh answer. Boy, but but uh, I might be out. But point. listening, uh, Steph, uh, a lot of conversations we've had, uh, a lot of similarities, not to the extreme, but you see that same similar mechanism. Uh, of that religion and, and really having to walk away from your family, which is to me in the modern day is insane. But again, Steven Weinberg's quote, you know, with or without it, speaking about religion, with or without it, you'd have good people doing good things and bad people doing bad things. But if you want to get good people to do bad things, you need religion. And so it's a it's an interesting <laughs> it's an interesting uh, way to look at it. And when you hear stories like this, uh, you understand where Stephen, the great physicist Stephen Weinberg, was coming from. Ray, we got a question for you from Marcus Johnson. He he subject is special treatment. Ray, there are a lot of rumors that your fighters get special treatment because of their connection to Matt Serra and Matt's connection to Dana White. Just wondering what your thoughts are on it. Uh, that's a great question, Marcus, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say it's the complete opposite. And I will say this, I mean, even if you think about this, I mean, Ia Quint is attacking Dana White at times on a daily basis. So, and I think everybody does a good job compartmentalizing right, everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Matt's not going to get involved. He know Dana knows that Matt's not behind. You know, everybody's an individual. 
And, you know, they got to hack this shit out for themselves. But uh, I don't think there's any special treatment. And uh, I think that that's proof of it right there is that, uh, you know, like, again, there's, there's riffs with anybody. Even when Marab got signed on the show and Dana came down to the uh, basement, he was like, oh, great, another Serralongo guy attacking me. You know what I mean? So... If anything, it's the inverse. Yeah, I don't know if it's special <laughs> treatment, but uh, if there is, I don't know about it. But I think that's I think that goes to tell you a lot. But uh, and I think we do a great job at you know, like again, compartmentalizing everything, and it's not easy. I mean, Matt's get Matt gets put in weird positions too, and like again, I think everybody's an individual. And look, I train these guys. I try to impart right. you know some other wisdom and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, they're their own people. And right or wrong, you know, uh, you know, they do what they're going to do, you know. And thanks for the question, Marcus. Of course, folks, you can reach out MMAandBeyond.com. That's MMAandBeyond.com. If you listen to our show on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating so other people can find our show like UFC Unc uh, Uncensored or Unfiltered, like the Anik and Florian podcast where you could also hear Ray Longo. Let's keep going. We're going to go with um, – Oh, just a this, there's no question here, but a comment from Fer Fernando Lyre or Lire. Uh, he writes, "Memory Lane, man, I love the stories from back in the day. Seems like Matt and Ray were the original Jersey Shore. Haha, -ha, always a reality show. Those two, and crazy to see how Sarah was always showing something special in him with BJJ. Of course, referencing our last show with uh, with Larry. Great stories, yeah, man. For uh, me, I found it most hilarious that." you two would be on your way to train in jiu-jitsu and stop and have egg sandwich instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's uh, a heck of a drive unfortunately, to not complete unfortunately, the task. Unfortunately, many times, that's why it took me like <laughs> seven or eight years to get my blue belt. But, uh, but yeah, anybody who likes those stories wants to write in. I mean, it really is pretty crazy, man. He really led the way, and it was great being a part of jiu-jitsu when it first came to New York and – I tell you, this part of, you know... And shout out to Henzo, the Silver Fox. There's so, oh, so many yeah, other people oh, that were a part Silver of those. Fox, yeah. yeah, the Silver Fox was there. He was in Oishi Dojo. And you should, when you see him in the city... I will see him at Henzo's for tomorrow, stories, for sure. You know what I mean? But I will tell you, I will guarantee you this, Steve, that he will back up everything I said about Matt on that podcast. I'm telling you, that guy was a terror <laughs> in that room. And the Silver Fox, he's got to be, like, kind of my age, right? Yeah, Maybe a yeah little I think younger. so. Um... I do remember him distinctly, and uh, he was always a good dude, and he's still a great guy, obviously, you know. And always at it. But but ask him about those days. They were they were. It was fun. It was new. Uh, it was exciting. Uh, even when the UFC came out, and you were doing jujitsu already. Think about that. There were people that saw the UFC and said, "I want to learn that." We were already doing it. Already doing. Already it. doing it. So really, yeah, it was just a good period of time, you know. Angelo, Angelo writes in, bare knuckle is the subject. Would you get behind one of your fighters if they wanted to participate in bare knuckle fighting? Uh, yeah, probably not. It's you not know, something you train, yeah, for right? For what reason, yeah. Right. Is, it, is, it, is that something that, uh, well, there's a league, isn't there? All yeah. right, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, that UFC fighter girl, um, Beck Rowling, she just went over to it now. She's like the champion of the boxing. Oh wow! The bare knuckle. Yeah, is that is that regulated the same, Doc? No, not at all. I mean, it's it's controversial as to you know whether or not it's going to be regulated. And, um, but it, the 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 video clip, Chris, so you I just had on is hand wrapped. Or, 
So that's not bare knuckle, but. No, this one, the one that this girl's on, Beth Rowling, she, I saw her yesterday. She just had a fight last night. She was not, nothing. 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 Just your hands. Wow. Nothing. So, I mean, the risk of injuries based on fractures go up, you know, tremendously. The proponents for it all are saying that, you know, if you, if you hit somebody once. Oh, yeah, you're you know, right. You're, you're it's bare knuckle. Knock them out. Um, and so it's safer for the brain. There's absolutely no data to prove that at all. Oh, my God. Um, and, you know, I think that there have been matches that have gone rounds and rounds. The first, I think, documented one went 17 rounds or something like that. It was, you know, oh, years wow. and years in the 1800s. Um, and the one that was in, where is it, sanctioned in Wyoming, I think? Oh, I, I yeah. didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah, no, it's a thing. Um, I think, you know, several of the rounds went went complete. So your answer is no. I'm going to say no. No. That. But, you All know, right. it's funny, I fit, but in the, you know, another sidebar today, when Matt first fought in the UFC, he never wrapped his hands. Just right funny? into a glove. Just right into a glove, yeah. I don't know if they made him eventually, but um, hmm. yeah, he liked the... Uh, the feeling and no wrap, and you know he was looking to get it to the floor, obviously. So, you know, but uh, I thought that's an interesting thing. I don't know when he. I gotta ask. At what that. point it was right. it was, it was put under part of the commission, right? I guess. Did Henzo Gracie now in one um in his last fight he didn't wrap his hands either. Oh wow. I think he said he's like I'm not gonna throw a punch. That's, that's what I saw on the one championship. Oh wow. On their video. Yeah, they want every you know for the grappling. You know, that's the every. first thing they would do after you get your hands wrapped. You know, can they grab your arm? How do you feel with that? You know, make sure they can get the grips right, which is important. And that's why you see guys, even when they're sparring with the big gloves on, a lot of things go south because they can't make the proper grip. You know? So, so Matt, like you were saying, Tenzo, Matt would want to yeah. have full use of his hands. What a nightmare having Matt Sarah, Henzo Gracie on your back like that. Yeah, what a nightmare. <laughs> that's a bad day. Let's close with this one. Uh, Drew Drew writes, great show. Love the show. They say you should never discuss religion or politics, but you guys do it, and I appreciate it. Thanks for having the balls to speak your minds. What topics do you guys enjoy reading or talking about the most on or off the show? We'll start with you. What do you enjoy reading about now or, uh, or studying or talking about the most? Fights. I read, like, documentaries of fighters like Mike Tyson um, Hurricane Carter, Ronda uh, Rousey. So George fight Saint game Pete. really resonates with you. Yeah. It's that's like, that's awesome. all Have I read. Have you seen the movie Hurricane? Yeah. Right. That's yeah. why I got the book, because I usually enjoy books more than movies. This is funny. There, there was a guy in the gym, Boom Boom, uh, was it, no, Boom Boom Jeffreyon. Oh, I thought you were going Boom Boom Mantini. No, 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 Ron Jeffreyon. I, I think he had a cousin who played hockey, was Boom Boom. But, um... He fought Hurricane Carter once or twice, yeah. He's got to be like 80 now. That too. was in wow. the 1960s. Yeah. He was a boxer, and, man, this guy was still playing, uh, man, fast-pitch baseball in his 70s. What? I got to get him. He's, he's still <laughs> in the area. We got to get him down. You'd love to meet yeah, this guy. Yeah, of course I would. Really, really good dude. You know, uh, yeah. man, Jim Brown. Doc, we, we, we need the mic. What 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 you like reading about, talking about? I'd like reading almost anything I can get my hands on. Um, obviously science, I love physics. I was um, thrilled to fight. You know, Neil Tyson Degrassi, Matthew Hikiku, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so all of that. All the nerd stuff. All the nerd I'm stuff. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Ray Longo, what do you like to read and talk about on or off the show? Uh, I tell you, I like the, all those Navy SEAL books, man. I, the one by um, Lone Survivor, I thought was one of the best books I ever read. And it's great. Do you like the, the battle the battle parts of it? Or do you like the 
You seem like a story guy. I am, but I was just, even with that movie, blown away that they had to make that decision whether to kill those sheep herders and, you know, how the Pashtuns, you know, which is a different sect of whatever, took these guys in. And there's, it just was, it was a great story. And how they How to differentiate how, how to survive. How, you right? know, no, the guys didn't survive, but how they held off all those people. And that just, that was a, I mean, like a, it's just a great story and the sacrifice that these guys go through for you know everything we believe in and I just I don't know so I love most of those Navy SEAL books I'm, I'm always reading and anything they do with training the mindful athlete was a great book uh, I don't know the power of habit any 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 anything that could further or educate me on maybe helping my guys or on building good habits or whatever it is. I think yeah. I, I probably read every book at this point. You're, you know? you're another one who you, you, you found your it. niche yeah. and, and you really you yeah. stick to it. And, and thanks again, Drew, for me. It's the same as Doc. I like nerdy stuff. Drew, I also like uh, reading alternate histories. Uh, remember the People's History of the United States, Howard Zinn? Mm -hmm. I remember reading that kind of stuff. I like alternate histories, even if it's almost implausible and ridiculous. I like to read about it. Some, sometimes it's within that ridiculous, those hypotheses that you actually find you know, the, the more true. As more people know, science doesn't help you find what's true. Science is actually designed to help you find what's not true. And so I love uh, exploring those things. All things nerdy, Drew. I appreciate it. What what an amazing show! It's probably gone longer than any yeah. show we've done. But Chendi, cut this off. What the two a shows. story! Congratulations on yeah, really. making thanks it this for, far. Yeah. Thanks for we sharing We wish you that. continued I, success again, and strength. Brave, that's a brave kid, man. buddy. At her age, and 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 all all the the things that I hear that are in between that you didn't say, and that that you that you went through and you survived and you made it through, and here you are. In, in, in beautiful Port Washington uh, with, with some really impressive people who have nice things to say about you. Um, I wish you continued success. I'll see you at the gym. I want to thank everybody for, for listening to the show. Check out MMAandBeyond.com for more information. Also, give us a five-star rating. And please check out our sponsor, On It. If you already buy stuff, if you're looking to enhance your life in any way, or you're already buy supplements, please take advantage of our 10% off discount and plug in promo code or coupon code MMA Beyond. Hey, this is MMA and Beyond. We'll see you next time.